Hello, welcome to the Scott Gooding Project Podcast. Each episode, I'll chat openly with someone passionate about what they do and have a vision for our future. The project is designed to be thought-provoking and hopefully spark conversation about optimizing health and performance. Today, I'm joined by the effervescent, mercurial, and somewhat intoxicating Luke Hines. Luke is a huge proponent of optimizing health and performance and is certainly helping to spearhead the health and fitness revolution in Australia. Sit back and enjoy. Don't go stealing the show like you normally fucking do. <laughs> All right, we're live. Welcome, Luke Bernard Hines. <laughs> Hello. How are you? Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Where now. are we? I always like to, I always like to set the scene for my listeners. Well, you're in my room. <laughs> you're in my hotel room. So. In your suite, uh, in dressing sweet. gowns, um, yeah. matching slippers, and uh, you've got some food in your hand. What a, is that? A beautiful, rare piece of steak from downstairs. No cutlery? No cutlery today. I keep it nice and real for you. <laughs> keep it primal. So what are you doing in town? I just landed. <clears throat> I'm here for some meetings tomorrow, and I thought, what a good opportunity to have a chat. Uh, Centrelink meetings, or...? <laughs> trying to get my payment back up and going <laughs> cut me off well as you can see i haven't prepped anything sure i thought um having known you for a number of years we could probably have a, a chat ch- even though it's with a microphone and mm-hmm. very natural yeah very natural we're used to chatting on microphones are we back in our mkr days i don't want to talk about that okay <laughs> no we should we should luke and i were on mkr maybe three or four years ago and it was black and white still um, uh, and Daryl Summers was the host <laughs> those were the days um, what's, what's your uh, what's your memories of MKR like life was different during MKR so when we did MKR we both had the ability to completely just step away from what we were doing I don't know how we had that flexibility but we could literally for six months of our lives switch it off and live, eat, sleep, and breathe nothing but MKR. So it became this insular bubble where for six months we didn't see partners, friends, family, and all we did was cook, practice, or sleep. Mm. Yeah, you can. I'd, it'd be very hard to do it now. Mm. But the, the the reason it's hard to do it now is because of the opportunities that MKR afforded us, right? Yep, definitely. So back then we were just... Nobody's. <laughs> nothing to do. Well, I'm still a nobody. Oh, don't, don't be cruel. Don't be cruel. <laughs> That's all you've got written down. Yeah. You're on so you may not have brought, brought anything, <laughs> but you've already just taken a few of my dot points. <laughs> just, <laughs> so so uh, what was the highlight of the show? Apart from, you know, obviously being on When the you show got with... eliminated. Oh, hang on. Sorry. We both got eliminated. <laughs> No, it's my fault. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, I think the highlight for the show was learning how to cook. Because I think if we're Did really, <laughs> we're re- we're really <laughs> honest, we went on there with a passion for healthy food, but I don't necessarily think we were that great at cooking it. I think we taught ourselves very well through that six months how to stay alive in the competition. Mm. I think if the I- judges use the terminology, this is your life. This is the last thing you will ever do. Mm. With that terminology, that life or death kind of reality TV speak, if that doesn't kind of cut through to the core and get you to practice and prepare and rehearse, I don't know what does. Well, you're kind of in this altered state, right? So, as you said earlier, there's no friends and there's no family. You kind of disconnect from the real world uh, and it does become your life. And you do want to get as far as you can in the competition. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think winning was all that important to us. I think, oh, maybe it was at some stage when we started getting down to like the final six. We were like, well, fuck, we could actually yeah. potentially do this. So I think it's a case of you spend enough time. If you spend six months doing any one thing, you're going to get better at it. And I think our vision progressed. Our first goal was not to be humiliated and eliminated first. Mm. And then when we somehow broke records <laughs> and like got the top scores of the season um i think we're like okay so we didn't humiliate ourselves what's the next boundary and i remember we used to count it like all right 
top 12 teams mm. and then we were top 10 teams and mm. now we've got to get to top five teams mm. so there was all these little milestones throughout it and i remember when we got to top four we were like and then it was just we gotta beat sam and chris yeah <laughs> so that was an obsession <laughs> uh, we did though <laughs> so i have we won i have slept at night <laughs> and angela and melina Oh yeah. yeah, almost forgot about those and guys. And Jenna and Joanna, they're all on my list. <laughs> <laughs> what to say? Yeah. Um, but do you remember even before we went on, meeting up once or twice a day mm. to learn like the basics? We were kind of like fucking flapping around in the wind, not really sure yeah. what to learn. But like, right, we need to learn how to make a tomato sauce how to make a mayonnaise <laughs> <laughs> fucking poach an egg oh we did that dinner party where we thought we were tricking everybody by giving them chocolate avocado mousse <laughs> yeah. we, we thought we were well ahead of our game <laughs> and everyone was like ugh the fuck is <laughs> this brown avocado dessert because <laughs> like can anyone guess what the secret ingredient is avocado yeah tastes like shit yeah yeah <laughs> but yeah every afternoon after personal training we would do two dishes, an entree and a main, or a main and a dessert, and it was to try and build our repertoire. And, but we uh, picked things that were really fucking tricky. Do yeah, you remember? And not even always that healthy either. No. Like, we had really odd taste. I mean, you brought Chicken. your Stephanie Alexander book collection out. <laughs> <laughs> your favourite. <laughs> Pete Evans fish. No, that's mine. <laughs> All the pages were stuck together. Um, <laughs> Love fish. Mm why they were stuck together so i uh at this point though i think it's important for listeners a bit cold are you darling i am oh, so just for you guys at home scott's just rugged up <laughs> i just jumped in bed yeah <laughs> that was the doona you heard <laughs> ruffling are you gonna eat these chocolates <laughs> that was a chocolate <laughs> um it was a condom <laughs> Oh, fuck it. Run the so, bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On water restrictions. <laughs> By this point in time, we were practicing dishes, but Scott actually hadn't watched mm. a single episode. So, a little bit of a backtrack here, guys. I am a television aficionado. I'm obsessed with all things TV and movies and celebrities and pop culture. But trashy shit. Pop, pop, pop <laughs> culture stuff. Yeah, pop culture. So not trashy. Pop. Popular. P-O-P. Short for popular. Anyway, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> um, and I saw a commercial for the auditions for My Kitchen Rules and I thought that would be a great idea. And after a few people declined coming on with me, I eventually got around to Scott and I said... <laughs> So it's got... <laughs> How far down the list was I? No, you were the top. You were the top, top 10. Top, top 100. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I said, let's audition. We auditioned. We got through some callbacks. And still by this point, Scott had not seen a single episode or knew a single episode or how it ran. Well, even after the audition, because they were running that order. And then I said, we're on this. You need to know what we're in for. You need to come over. I'll run the bath. Yeah, I'm going to put an episode mode. on. <laughs> there was no episode Come to in, watch. follow the rose petal trail, <laughs> and you shall arrive. Um, I put an episode on, but not just any episode. I didn't start softly with a fun instant restaurant, and I certainly didn't do cooking for the kids at the zoo. I gave him a look at a sudden death elimination. Team versus team, one team goes home. Bit stressful? Well, yeah, I actually uh, shit my pants at that point. Up until that point, I felt relatively comfortable. Mm. But yeah, choosing a, an episode that far into the competition where people can <laughs> can play and can cook up, I was like, oh, fuck, we're going to make an idiot of ourselves, you know? Uh-huh. Anyway, we, we that's why we started practicing. And then we went on, and the rest is... <laughs> You're fading, aren't you? MKR history. <laughs> is that the end? <laughs> well, thanks for listening. Yeah. <laughs> That was so fucking insightful. Which uh, all of the it. rest was, yeah, history. <laughs> I know you so well. Like, to be fair, Luke's been up since like half two this morning. It's now 
8 o'clock at night. To be fair, both of us are normally in bed. I'm normally in bed by 8, asleep by half 8. Um, but I can see in your eyes. 8 windows open. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I'm good. You're good? I've almost gone over a little bit of a camel's pump. Camel's toe? <laughs> camel's pump to get, like, yeah, I'm feeling it. Yeah. It's a bit delirious. I think it's a good place to be. Because I feel like this conversation needs to go where it goes. Okay. You know well, what, what I mean? do you want to talk about? Remembering it's my show, but... But what's the show about? Oh, fuck, I what don't know. Getting <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people to listen to. The Scott Gooding Project. Well, anyone who... Obviously, it sort of sits in health, but anyone that's done anything incredible that's a bit thought-provoking or... Oh, thank you. No, no, he's about to come. Um... <laughs> um I mean, it's obvious what why you're here. Um, I've paid you. <laughs> to, to do up my dressing gown. Yeah. <laughs> no, obviously you've done extremely, incredibly well for yourself, um, you know, pre-show, post-show. Um, so what are, what are the, some of the things that you've done post-show that maybe some of the guys don't, don't realise? Um, I think it's, yeah, it's a really interesting thing you bring up is that um, I'm really grateful for what I've done post-show. And I think we've both been really, really fortunate in what we've done with the opportunities because you see teams come on these shows each and every year and there is a very small minority that get to go on and have careers and make it their life, especially MKR. It's just the nature of the show that it doesn't usually tend to lead people into a serious profession in the food industry Mm. and i think we're really fortunate that we're taken seriously for our food we're not taken seriously because we're influencers we're not taken seriously because we're known just to be pushing every which way brand that's out there speak for yourself we are (laughs) hashtag sp um (laughs) but we are we are known for our food our food first and foremost um and i think that's really a wonderful thing that's sort of given us credibility yeah Mm. I think I, I don't think people would be following us for our food or supporting us with our ebooks and cookbooks if we couldn't legitimately share recipes that were good, tasty, worthwhile, but also healthy. <clears throat> so the fact the fact that we were a on the show and b did reasonably well sort of adds to that. Picture, I think so know? too, but I think there's a misconception that if you go on a reality show, that your life is solved that everything's going to work out. And I well, think it's I always quite found it really curious that out of all of us, that are, all, all the teams that are on the show in our season, and it might, it might be different now, this was like 2012 we filmed, mm-hmm. we seem to be the only ones that almost had a strategy mm. or an agenda. Going like, into it, some, yeah. Some are on the show because they, you know, like, like watching it at home and thought it'd be fun to be on it. Some wanted the prize money. You know, $250,000 is pretty enticing. Mm. But for you and I, although that that was enticing in itself, the bigger focus was let's see how far we can get, how much success we can get within the show to eventually help us have a bigger audience. I think that was kind of the... And I think it put us in good stead for the end of the show because when many other teams would sit by waiting for the phone to ring for opportunities, we were out there chipping away trying to generate them not waiting for people to come to us, but more so trying to work on things that we could do to spread our message further once the show had stopped airing. And I think that's been helpful as well. Mm. You know, so I think we're very, very lucky. We're very fortunate. Yeah, like there, there actually hasn't been like a, a negative from the whole thing, to be honest. It's all been, you know, every interaction with every person in the street or every, um, you know, brand opportunity or business opportunity, it's all, it's all been incredibly... Um, so with that being said, I'm looking forward to the All-Stars. Mate, I cannot wait. Are we meant to be talking about it? Well, nobody fucking listens anyway. Nah, so. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't live in Sydney anymore. So no. you, you used to live down the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got evicted, and so you moved to <laughs> Tweed Coast. So How are you finding that? Northern Rivers, base of Mount Warning. Very nice place to live. Um, for anyone who's not familiar with this area, it's kind of halfway between Byron Bay and the Gold Coast. Um, And it's good. I made the move for a number of reasons. Um, Perpetual tan. Perpetual tan. Um, But 
for anyone who spent a lot of time in Sydney, and in particular Bondi, it can become very insular at times. And now that doesn't affect everybody. I know that some people have kind of strong self-wills or they're just different personalities like different type of environments. But I had the inability to switch off. I couldn't I couldn't switch off from work. I couldn't switch off from being on all the time because if you go down to a cafe in Bondi or one of the health food stores, it's likely that you're going to run into someone who works in the industry or who's also another author mm. or someone who works in PR or someone who works for a brand. It's just the nature of the beast living in such a populated place such as Bondi in Sydney. And I felt like I could never have a down day or I could never have a day where I was just off or I was just low. So you always... I felt or you like, did, you'd, you'd have to be confined to your apartment. Yeah, you'd have to be confined to your apartment or you'd have to go out and fake it and put this big smile on that life was awesome and, and then every not, day... You're not very good at that, are you? No, no, you know too well. <laughs> and it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I would love to be somewhere where I can kind of find a bit more peace so that when I am on and switched on for work, I can do that but then when i'm not i can really switch off and be a little bit more of an introvert which is something i really enjoy Mm. yeah because you do love and crave your solace and your time to yourself hey Mm. and i think that's something that a lot of people don't understand when they look at people who are in the public eye so we're both viewed at times as people in the public eye who must you know sometimes might have it all sorted and going out to cool things and going to restaurants and all that but funnily enough, it's the other side that I crave so much more. Just quiet time, downtime. So when you, if you had to describe yourself like a personality type, I mean, I, I can fill in the gaps here if you want. But, uh, <laughs> here we it's, go. It's probably fair that you do it. Would you, I don't know how to answer it myself. We, are you innately an introvert or an extrovert? No, I'm innately an introvert. Yeah. But for work... I can be an extrovert. Incre- yeah. It's almost like... Incredibly so, though. Like you, Yeah. So you, is it like... And, I, and I, I get this too. Like it's, a, it's almost like a performance. So when you're doing a talk or a workshop or a cooking demonstration, it is actually a performance, mm-hmm. right? So you mm. step into yep. shoes that aren't normally yours uh, for the next two hours or whatever it is. Like you're, it's a performance. You're right? on. And I feel I'm learning more and more about myself that I feel like what comes up must come down. So I will be on and giving it my all Mm. and really pump out Mm. a demo and be really live and Mm. and happy. And and those are genuine emotions that Mm. I'm feeling. There's no faking it. But I'm definitely switching it on more so. But then after, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you've given heaps and heaps Mm. at one of these demos or Mm. cooking shows... You come home and you're just, you just want to be like, you just want to sit in your own yeah. space. And oh, I, I had it last week. I did a, a video shoot that took up 13 hours. So you're kind of on and on. And I, and I didn't really wane during the day, but as soon as I'd finished, like 10 minutes, <clears throat> packed up, drove down the road for 10 minutes, and I was like, yeah. and then the next day I'm devoid of, I'm just depleted, right? So you, yeah. you've got no energy to, I, I wouldn't want to do it again that's for sure like you need a day or two to sort of acclimatize and readjust yep. and decompress and that's the times where you you want to be on your own mm. um so you've got a partner does he he must um intrinsically know what when to like yeah, yeah when yeah. to give you a bit of breathing There's space a look or yeah. a tone yeah a breath in <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, no, I'm very, very fortunate in, um, in my circumstances at home that there's a sense of intuitive energy that I can walk into. It's probably in the a door. big enough house to. <laughs> <laughs> You're not on each other's toes, are yeah. <laughs> So good. Um, but I feel like it's less of a reflection of what we do. Say, like, we're talking now about our experiences being on for work and doing a big performance and how it feels to wind down from that. But I feel like it has, as much as it's to do with what we do for work, I feel like it's also got to do with the society we live in, which I think is something I wanted to touch on with you tonight, is the state of our health and well-being, food and fitness aside, and how that affects us. Because I don't think it's talked about enough. I think with personal training and healthy eating, 
we talk about how to fuel our body correctly and we talk about how to move our body in a way that will produce results but I don't think we touch on enough and we're starting to scratch the surface in society now is the need to switch off from the Mm. excessive amount of stimulation Mm. we have stimulation in form of advertisements everywhere we've got our phone on us 24 7 Mm. and that means emails texts Mm. phone calls social media applications and platforms and that's all we do Mm. i would love to find out how many hours people spend staring down at their phone engaged rather than having the ability to find some solace or peace in their day to reduce stress and anxiety yeah well i think we're the most <laughs> my water spritzed all over your dressing gown uh yeah i mean we're the most connected we've ever been in the history of man but we're also the most disconnected right but you're right particularly for city folk and you know you're arguably a, an advantage in that you you do have some downtime when you go up north but yeah the traffic the social media the work fucking noise like i think it's affecting our health Mm. I genuinely think it's affecting our health, and it's something people well, yeah, need bring, to like. Ang- you know, like mm. cognitive health. You mean like yeah, yeah, mood and yep. anxiety and yeah. I think it's the comparison to others via social media. It's the exhaustion when we should be getting good rest. We're in bed scrolling through pages, mm. comparing ourselves to others, looking at other things which may or may not be realistic or genuinely aspirational for our own lives. And I think it's something that if we want to be healthy. If we truly want to be healthy, we do have to eat well, yes. And we do have to move our body in a way that works for us as individuals. But I think we need to address our lifestyle, the relationship we have with ourselves, the relationship we have with those around us and how we use technology. Or be a little bit more real on social media. So you're living your day, you're living your day with the ups and downs and your, your mood swings, but then all you ever see on social media is... The happy and the shiny and the glittery and the enticing. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to compare yourself to that profile and the one next to it and the one next to it, all yep. sort of purveying a very positive message. But when you get down to the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty, like that's not yeah, that's not the true reflection of that person. Yeah, definitely. But like, do you ever put up? It's it. I'm I'm definitely um, guilty of putting up a photo with a with a status that is either reflective because I need that help and support. So I might send a so message kind of out there. manifesting it yourself. Yeah, so I might send something out there that's motivational and it's worded as if I'm strong and I'm giving you that strength too. Mm. But it's often almost a sense of faking it till I feel it because I need that advice myself. So I'll put a message out there and it's almost cathartic or therapeutic. Yeah posting it because i feel like i'm sharing what i'm going through with other people indirectly so so does that does it ring true does it manifest so you write you might not be in the mood you might not be that inspired or motivated but if you start that language do can you find that it does sort of pep you up a little bit or i think so i think there's a combination i think seeing people's comments saying that they needed to hear that today and that that was something they they really learnt something from that week it kind of backs you up and I kind of I think it makes you feel like you're not alone I think when you see other people relating to what you've put out there so if you touch on a certain topic of vulnerability you may not take full ownership of it but if you touch on a topic of vulnerability and you start to get positive reinforcement that others are going through that I think that's a form of therapy, almost, mm. Mm. knowing that, you know what, I'm going through something right now. I've put it out there, kind of, and I think other people are resonating with it, so it's nice to know I'm not alone. Mm. I think that's... I've, I've never really gone down that using social media to... Vent's not the right word, but to kind of, you know, if I'm having a shit day or going through a, a rough trot, I won't use social media for that reason, just because I feel that should be reserved for friends or family you know if i need pepping up then it's should come from mm. close close people but i know a lot of people do and they probably you know it's obviously a source of you know support for a lot of people mm. um maybe i should get into it <laughs> <laughs> watch out for my next post <laughs> watch out fucking miserable as fuck because <laughs> that's the honest truth
Do you, when you, do you think social media is good for our health? Um, no, not particularly at all. Have you ever been affected? I've learned to distance myself from it. There was a time uh, a few years ago that I would stress about not gaining followers or how many likes I got from a photo. And I think this is something a lot of people go through. Yeah. And so now, and it's taken me a long time to get to this point, A, I don't post halfway, half as near as often as I used to. So I might post every, I don't know, four or five days or might go a couple of weeks without posting. Um, but also the number of likes doesn't bother me. You know, it's, that doesn't that doesn't represent who I am. Yeah, and it it's doesn't just, define <clears throat> how you feel. doesn't define how I feel. It's not, you know, I'm fortunate enough to know that certain brands within Australia want to work with me. Like, I don't, I don't have to have X number of followers to bolster my profile, if that, mm. if that makes sense. Well, we're in the day of the influencer, right? Where followers and likes is a, a form of economy. So if you're shown to have a lot of followers and a lot of likes you tend to get more opportunities. Would you agree with that? Oh, it tends 100%. to... 100%. Now, if you believe you're really good at what you do and your message is a lot more has a lot more strength and grounding to it, do you think that was part of what was going on for you and that it was frustrating being good at what you do and genuine at what you do and not getting the traction at the time that you felt like it deserved, if that makes oh, yeah. sense? Like, I'm, I'm still there. Like, the... Like, I still don't get all that much traction or reach, um, but I've lessened the attachment I have to mm. that. Like, it's not important to me. Yeah. What is important is the day-to-day stuff. Yeah. What I do each and every moment of the day. Um, and I'm lucky enough to work with some great brands and <coughs> some passion projects, which kind of feed my soul. Yep. And so Instagram is part of the story. It's part of the... The machinery, if you like, but it's it's it doesn't have the gravity that it once did, you know. Yeah. For me, like, mm. and what about you? I'm not there yet. No way. I don't know why I put so much pressure on myself for it, and I do. I I do treat it with more seriousness than it needs. Mm. I I do try to make my content. There's two sides to it. I think it's important to make your content engaging, but there is a level of disappointment if I feel like I've put a lot of work and effort into some content and it doesn't resonate for whatever Mm. reason. And I think I personally need to manage my feelings and reactions to that Mm. when it happens because I can't, it's not a reflection of who I am and what I do. And it's not a reflection necessarily of the content. There's so many variables that can happen that because we are in this unique age of influencing it does still affect me because in the heat of the moment i think oh well that's potential opportunities lost or that's potential traction for future things does that make sense yeah. i think and knowing what you're like like you're very um attention to detail almost to the point of perfectionism uh-huh. uh you don't want to put something up just because you've just because you did it, yeah. You want to put it up because you, you know, you couldn't have done a better job if you did it again. Yeah, yeah. And so when you put that level of love and energy into a project, even if, even if it's like a fifteen-second video, you want to reap the the glory. Yeah. And so when that's not doesn't match your expectation, then there's a bit of a oh fuck. Right. But is it? It doesn't make us happier. So what I find fascinating is that one day Instagram will be obsolete and it will be joked about as the new MySpace. It will be non-existent. It won't be on our radars anymore. And I look back at who I was on social media before there was pressure or before I'd mm. put a sense of pressure on myself. You can almost go back through the feed and go, right. <laughs> you can there, see, there, there we go. There's the cutoff. It's that filter with that <laughs> fake camera roll around it. We know yeah, right. we know he didn't care then. <laughs> didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But Do I you think, ever go back? Like, no, nah, nah. I can't look. You probably deleted them. So many filters. What was I thinking? <laughs> filter on a filter. 
I think we were... I think that social media is really useful for a number of different elements of our life, but I also think how we manage it and our relationship with it is really important because mm. I think it affects our health. Mm. I do. Yeah, our our headspace, our mental health. Yeah, it, it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Like, it, it facilitates, like, spreading a message, you know, a healthy message really quickly so you can reach your audience and beyond, you know, you can reach an audience on the other side of the planet within milliseconds, right? But it, the, the time spent uploading something, going back, refreshing, <laughs> sounding more lights you have, responding to comments, like... Yeah, it you takes, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only yours. <laughs> but it takes you away from the time with your partner, yeah. or even if it's just time to yourself. Yeah. Like, to fucking chill out. Yeah. I need to... Uh, do you meditate? I don't. No. I should. If anyone needs to meditate, it's, it's me. You, yeah. <laughs> hey, I can It say. wasn't a question. It was a yeah. <laughs> demand. <laughs> no, it's one of those things that comes up on my radar maybe twice, three times a week. I know. I see it on Instagram all day. Yeah. <laughs> Gratitude and yeah. love and... Need to meditate. Yeah. Medi. Medi. <laughs> Medi Petty. Yeah, Medi Petty. Uh, well, that's social media wrapped up. So I feel like we've covered off... Social media and health. Do you reckon? Health related to social media. Yeah. Yeah. Should we put that in the box? Put that in the box. <laughs> put that in the can. I've got the hots for what's in the box with <laughs> the dots. Um, and so what was life like before? So let's go way back. Before MKR, before me knowing you as a PT in the park. You grew up in Melbourne, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what was that like? What was your childhood like? It was interesting. Um, I don't remember a lot, and I wonder if that's deliberate at times. Um, I grew up with interesting life lessons. So I was born into quite a well-off family. Um, They had holiday houses on the Gold Coast, holiday houses on the Great Ocean Road, lots of fancy cars. We lived in a very rich suburb in Melbourne, and that was my early years. And as I was growing up, things really, really shifted. Um, Unfortunately, my family lost everything just as I was kind of coming into adolescence. Um, Fuck, that's bad timing, bro. Oh, mate, I know. All my brothers above me were getting cars for birthdays. Oh, really? Mate, (laughs) I was getting welfare checks. (laughs) Um, But I saw this transition where I was living a life that I thought was the norm, which was very, very fortunate. And then we lost the house, we lost every single car, we lost holiday houses, we literally started from scratch. And I saw the other side, and I never knew that existed. I never knew what it was like for my parents to struggle, and I never knew the pressure that can put on a family, and moving and having to sell everything and start from fresh. So that was a really good life lesson, and I feel like that's put me instead now to try and work as hard as I can for my finances and secure Mm. them. Um, because I've seen how hard that time was. Um, I grew up with a brother above me struggling with many addictions. Um, So from when he was 15, and I'm three years younger than him, so when he was 15, um, now I'm 34 now, so it's quite a long time to be growing up uh, together um, since I was 12. And starting with things like marijuana and then going all the way to more serious, harder drugs, I had that in my life, seeing the Mm. extremities of what drug addiction and alcohol addiction can do to someone and the family. Um, That's the reason I don't drink now and I don't do drugs. So the reason I've never, ever been into that is because I saw what that was like on my family. Um, And then a separation of my parents was another kind of key milestone. So I feel like there was a financial lesson in the family losing all the money and then there was a kind of health lesson in seeing my brother go through what he went through and then seeing my parents split so late in their lives after 40 years together yeah, that was quite unusual eh? yeah really not you don't expect that of a of a couple with you know kids that have all grown up to separate um and certainly not under the circumstances so I felt like growing up, I had lots of things to learn from and I could either become bitter and twisted and dwell on it 
um, or so try that's and the path you took. so that's the path, <laughs> that's the path I took. And the and, rest is history. And we're out. That's <laughs> in the box. The end. <laughs> but I hope I've used it for good, not evil, um, and learnt from it, and can help others. Hopefully, learn from my experiences too. Yeah, that was quite a tumultuous upbringing then really hey i don't even i hear what you're saying but i don't ever think of it like that i feel like it's almost normal to have things not be right yeah i guess you you're familiar with what you're familiar with right but i can't imagine perfection i can't imagine what that looks like i can't imagine what a perfect upbringing looks like and i also wouldn't choose it if i had the option i would have definitely i would rather learn and be who i am now than some privileged life but yeah from an outsider looking in and as a friend it it sounds like you you know what you want and you've made giant leaps and bounds to get that so you've relocated to a a really nice part of the world where you know you've got your your peace and quiet you've got a nice house that you help design and build or you know certainly had input with the design um so it looks like you kind of know what happy yeah your happy picture of life looks like yeah um even if you didn't get that from your childhood you kind of you yeah. for, you forged that yourself yeah and it, it includes a donut ring for your pool yeah yeah big pink donut ring yeah no so those were the early years um and i feel like they've probably given me my work ethic and ability to put a positive spin on life if that makes sense so when things do get shitty and tough which they do for everybody. I feel like what I've gone through in the past and learned from helps me put a positive spin on it, which has all shaped me to doing what I do now. Mm. Definitely, definitely. But, so you still succumb to getting the shits and stuff and getting pissed off? And Yep. 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 You're yeah. asking that because you know the answer is yes. <laughs> what really gives you the shits these days? What doesn't? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it's important. No, Maybe we should bring up, up the story of... Hey. Uh, hey. I can edit. Yeah, you won't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon uh, maybe we should give some a little showreel of behind the scenes what happens to Luke when he gets the shit. What's this show about again? <laughs> it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am glad Scott brought it up because uh, I'm talking about him in third person now. And... <laughs> No, because if there's anything I think podcasts and shows like this are good for, it's probably hearing a bit more truth than all the shiny things. You know, like it's not a shiny Instagram post that's been, you know, curated Mm. to the nth Mm. degree. It's a conversation Mm. that is live and it'll go where it goes. Mm. Whether it makes any sense, that's another question. Yeah, unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you want to talk about? My anger? (laughs) Uh, maybe, uh, I just love that car park story. Oh. There's a few stories yeah. over the years. The meltdown. <laughs> yeah. Screaming. We don't have to go there. I don't mind. It's an important <laughs> milestone. <laughs> it was for the other guy. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> no, we don't have no. to. <laughs> um, just for, just for the listeners, Luke's blushing a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> There's been some public moments where I believe my exhaustion and stress and anxiety... That did collide. That story I'm thinking did collide when you were doing those pop-up restaurants. Yeah. And you had to, like... Didn't you have to batter about 200 (laughs) serves of fish or something? So, if there's any take-home message, it's try to manage your stress and anxiety. Because last year I did a tour for my book and I just took on too much for myself and it was preparation of food, buying food, traveling around the country, getting the books sorted, setting up the venues, literally anything that needed to be done for the tour, I did. Um, It was late on a Friday night, and I was in Melbourne CBD. Are you going to go there? I'm going to go there. (laughs) It's important. I fess up. I was exhausted. It was close to the end of my book tour, and I had a cooking demonstration the entire next day, and I quickly needed to run into a set of shops um, in the middle of the centre of Melbourne, and there was an underground car park, and it's the type that spits out a ticket that you pay based on time. 
I was literally seven or eight minutes, meaning I was up into the shop and back down to my car before the 15 minute kind of charge period. Um, Got in the car, drove to the exit and started feeling my pockets and jacket pockets, shopping bags for the ticket. And unfortunately, I couldn't find the ticket. Is that what you thought at the time? So that's not how I would have worded it at the time. I was, I was like, fuck, fuck. By this point in time, cars have started backing up behind me and they're getting disgruntled. I'm getting the occasional sort of still friendly beep. That's yeah. just the, toot, toot. come on, mate, yeah. find your ticket. Yeah. Time to go. Yeah. We're all ready to go home. Yeah. Um, lack of air. It's one of those deep basement trough yep. type. You've done Hot about day. three circles to get down there. Exhausted. Um, so I press the intercom buzzer out my window. I'm stretching out like a gazelle. And uh, press the intercom and I explain, Oh, say, mate, just letting you know, um, I've only just been here about 10 minutes. I've lost my card, but yeah, can I just... just lift the... Yeah, yeah. All good, mate. Been a long week. Been a long week. <laughs> I may not be able to do it, but <laughs> with the same, same impact, but I'll try. No, no, you're going to have to, you're going to have to back up and you're going to have to come to the ticket office. And I'm like, you what? I'm just thinking of more <laughs> stories. <laughs> They're all flooding so, in there. So I say, oh, nah, nah, not backing up. There's cars behind me. I can't get out. You're going to have to, sir. You're going to have to back up and come to the ticket office. Now, I went from about zero <laughs> to psycho <laughs> in point one second. And I just basically gave him a bit of a serve through the intercom. And then this man decided to come to the car to try and help direct traffic from behind me in this gridlock now. Gridlock. It's the middle of New York down there now yeah. with traffic. Yeah. He's trying to direct beeping, screaming people back so I can reverse from the boom gate. Now, at this point, I'm not reversing. So I've put the handbrake on. I've locked the doors. <laughs> the windows are up. I'm just holding my hand on the horn. Oh, no. It's echoing through the entire car park. And I stopped. And put the window down just enough to speak through. Say, I'm not moving. I said it in a different type of way, but <laughs> I said, I'm not moving till you open the boom gate. And until you open it, I'm going to hold my horn down. So all in all, I was having a nervous breakdown because of the expletives that I was screaming. My behavior, I was shaking. I was banging the horn. I, was, I had lost control. And for me, it was a serious, serious wake-up call Mm. because I had lost control. Mm. I had had a physical and an emotional mental breakdown Mm. where when I finally did get released from the... uh, (laughs) Prison. prison, From the boom (laughs) gate. (laughs) I double parked up on the street, found the ticket. No. (laughs) (laughs) Took a guy a cake. Nah, top pocket. (laughs) Uh, and uh, I took a long, hard look at myself and the, in the other two passengers in the car. And <laughs> was like, bulging. I was just like, I'm so sorry, but this has been a reality check that I need yeah. to look you after You were fucking exhausted. I was just to the... I think that was like a culmination of <laughs> Paleo Way tour, which mm. was hard on you physically and emotionally. And then a bit of a break, but I'm sure you were busy doing stuff. And then your own tour, like... All that stuff like oh, culminates, you know, oh, like fucking hell. Perfect storm. Mm. The eye of the storm. Yeah. I wonder if that guy from the boom gate tells us tells us in the story. You Be know, interested to hear. Mm. He's deported. <laughs> <laughs> what about the other one where the guy oh, yeah. wouldn't move? You know, he was coming oh, through that. Yep. It's alright. We don't. That's alright. There's a lot. Moral of the story, look after your fucking brain. (laughs) Or you'll go psycho. Do you you have to like, is there a a momentary filter before you unleash that you're a bit of a profile and you go, I'll tell you. Oh, hang on. He might know me. At the time? No. 
it's very faintly in the background, but in the moment, it's worth it. <laughs> like, I get so crazy that I almost think sacrificing everything, everything yeah. is worth the ability to have the outburst. Yeah. But that's a sign of not being in control too. Because yeah. if I was in control, I'd be able to monitor and... And kind of, you know, settle myself down. So all these episodes, uh, do you feel like you're... All these episodes. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. okay. The episode. <laughs> do you feel like you're learning uh, and growing and maturing? Give me a funny look now. Um, no, because one happened the other day. Uh, so right. I was trying to work out if I grew from it and if I was better. I reckon I it just depends better. where you're at. On the day, if you're yeah. flogged, if you're exhausted, like fucking just stay out your way. This was midnight on a bus. Had that woman from told the you terminal. to cut your hair? <laughs> <laughs> this was midnight on a bus from the terminal to the plane, exhausted and hearing a, a, a derogatory gay comment. And Tip I feel, you. yeah, all right. And I feel like. I did react, yes, so I'm not saying I was just able to turn a blind eye, but my reaction was measured as opposed to being out of control. Did you say something like... (laughs) (laughs) No, what did you say? Who's going to go there? You're disgusting. (laughs) No, anyway, it's a long story, but I I managed it better, which is a sign that I'm managing my stress a Mm. lot better. Yeah, well, that's good. That's good. I reckon you've grown heaps in the last few years. Just waistline. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what's what's next for Mr. Hines? It's a good question. And I I could do the easy answer and say... Oh, Sorry, we haven't got time. I, <laughs> <laughs> I only had 20 bucks for parking, so... I, would do the, I could do the easy answer and spruik different things that I've got coming up and products and stuff but I don't think that's that's a bit boring that's so boring and it's also not the not the type of I don't I hate that I hate that what's next and then people just list off their I'm doing this and I'm appearing here boring get over yourself he's got nothing on yeah (laughs) so what's next Um, I want to get better at managing my stress and my outbursts Um, I want to get better at managing my relationship with social media because I wouldn't describe it as healthy right now. I would mm. describe it as a work in progress to measure my the emphasis I put on it for work purposes. Because mm. mm. I know that if I didn't have if I didn't have if I didn't do the job I do for work, I wouldn't have social media. I wouldn't be doing it. Say that again. If I didn't do what I do for work mm. and need to do it Mm. For 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 mm. that work, yeah, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I wouldn't have one. No, at yeah, all. Yeah, I've said that in the past. At all, but it is an important component of what we do. You kind of have to be. Or even it. if you had it, you wouldn't. Yeah, just lose your mind thing. about it. Yeah, you know? you just. But I put so much pressure on work, and I think overall is make sure that what I'm working on, relationships, family, friends, career, is all sustainable long term. Because I've seen things come and go, and I've seen moments in life be quite fleeting, and I've also seen opportunities. I've seen opportunities that I've missed in the past due to my own behavior or lack of commitment. Or me not forwarding on the email. Yeah. Don't talk about that. (laughs) Not enough hours in the day. But... (laughs) You bastard. Um, I'm sure I sent it. Making sure that everything I'm investing my time hard work and heart into results in longevity of health and happiness. Mm. So making sure I'm putting the right energy and investments in the right place so that I can continue doing this for life. Mm. I can keep creating recipes and cooking and training and all of that and surrounding myself with good people and this amazing roller coaster doesn't stop. Mm. I don't want it to stop. It's very, uh, we, we speak about this often. It's, it's, despite being in a privileged position and things on the surface look great and rosy, like Uh it's a fucking slog, hey? It's like a daily grind. It's no different from a a nine to five, you know? You can't stop. If you stop, it stops. Yeah. You you can't stop. You are 
the conductor, the driver of that train. Mm. And the minute you slow down or stop, mm. so do the opportunities. Oh, yeah. And so does, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. So you don't have weekends like people have weekends. You don't mm. have nights off where you just don't think about anything. Mm. You are constantly thinking, mm. all right, how do I maintain an income and how do I generate continual work opportunities when I am essentially a freelancer for life? Mm. You're, you're a mm. freelancer constantly looking for but still doing all the administration and yeah. accounts and all the rest of yeah. it like it's full on sometimes yeah. i can get pretty overwhelmed by it sometimes uh and at those points you know i know i need to disconnect yeah. more than most you know whether that's going up to the mountains for a couple of hours or getting away for a day or two or i can even just having a sauna for like an hour yeah no access to phone just thoughts and sweat it out yeah yeah yeah, it's a juggernaut. It's all-consuming. With that in mind, should we go to bed? Kept your side warm. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll sign off now. Um, Luke and I are just gonna spoon and. How do you feel about TV on when you're in bed? Mm-mm. How do you feel about the TV in the bedroom? Mm-mm. No. No. Never. No. What about if you've been with them for twenty years? A little bit of telly on in the background. Watch Netflix and chill, but probably genuinely chill. <laughs> um, I don't know. It kind of feeds into what we were talking about earlier about social yeah. media and the disconnect, like switching off. Yeah, we should be connecting with. Yeah, yeah. I know. If, like the TV's on, even if it's shit, it's like a distraction. You'll be watching that rather than talking to your partner. Yeah, which you know, arguably after twenty years, <laughs> it might be the better option. But <laughs> Shh, Grant Daniels on quiet. <laughs> um. You obviously have TV in your room. No. Oh, good. No, no, no. But I, I bring it up because we're in a hotel room and I wanted right. to know if we could have it on. I hate to break it to you, mate. No. <laughs> I'm not staying. <laughs> God, I oh. hope people found this informative. Oh, informative, for sure. It's not going live, is it? <laughs> no, I lost the file. It's funny, when I'm, um, a good friend of both of ours, actually, Geordie, who's, who's had a podcast for a number of years, she gave me some expert advice and the first thing she said like she gave me some techie advice about microphones and software and stuff but she also said the most important thing you should do when you're about to interview a guest is to run them by a little caveat and the caveat is that it may not go live so we can have this interview yeah. but it may not go live may not just yeah. letting you know yeah it could be shit yeah <laughs> so it's something I should have said right at the start oh okay <laughs> Um, it may not go live. Okay. So no one's hearing this right now. Nobody's hearing this now, no. no. But it... Never m- will. May <laughs> not go live. <laughs> right, it is definitely time to go. Um, thank you for your time, Mr. Hines. Thank you, Mr. Gooding. Um, yeah, safe travels and all the best in what you do. That's my room. You're the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs>